Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I got with me the king of the casters. As usual, he is Mr. Brett. Podcast, Brett. This is going to be a good one. I just know it in my guts. Well, well, I, I know it is, too, because uh, uh, we have one of our favorite drummers on the show. We've been following his career for years and years and years uh, through through Wasp. I mean, now with Metal Church. I mean, the reason we're here to talk to him is Freak Show. But uh, the man whose name you can never forget, Stet Howland. Stet, how are you? Good, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. I mean, like I say, it is uh, it is a true treat to be able to speak with you. Um, I mean, yes, I've been following your career for many, many years. So it's good to finally get you on the show. That's really nice to hear, man. We've been I've been having a good time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not so bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I've been uh, pretty lucky. Yeah. So, I mean, the main reason that we're here right now is to talk about Freak Show. So, you know, first off, I mean, we've, we've talked to Ronnie about it. And I mean, he talked kind of, and in fact, you know, one of the things that Ronnie said was that he might not even be doing music anymore were it not for you. So. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. I, I mean. Give me props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. But like, so what does this Freak That's Show awesome. project mean to you? And like, and like, how did you get to. Come involved, become involved with it. Well, uh, Ronnie and I are old friends. We've I've worked with him in the past. I, I recorded on his Amsterdam record. We did a, a few little projects, and uh, always thought the world of the guy as a human and, and a very very talented guy. And he had uh, always amazing players. He had Frankie Vanelli and Tony Tony Franklin, and we always you know threatened to work together. But you know uh, he he always landed back you know with Frankie on a lot of his projects, which is fine. But then Frankie passed. And we reconnected and uh, he's like, dude, we got to do a record. And I'm like, I've been ready. You know, we've always been ready. It's just, I've, I've been quite busy for a while. And, um, you know, I passed it intertwined. And he's like, you know, let me just give me a go ahead and I'll, and I'll write some songs. I'm like, okay. And then so he, he said, give me a minute. Maybe a month later, he sent me like these amazing songs, you know, and I had basically just the rough tracks. And uh, I have a studio here at the, at my building. And I swear I record all my records and, and uh, I just put them, I was just finishing the metal church record, you know, and I was, we were pounding that thing. We worked so hard on this last metal church record, man. It was, and it was fucking brutal. The drumming, I had to really kind of work a little bit. It wasn't just, it wasn't just two, four ACDC stuff, you know, not that that's not great, but um, so I had the, the freak show record was lined up. Like that was the next thing I was going to do, but it took me like months to do the metal church. Then when I finally got done, I took like a week off, took a breather, listened to the songs and just just uh, got into the groove and I and I did my drum tracks and I had listened to the songs enough you know walking on the beach and working out and stuff that by the time I went to do my takes I got them all in like three takes you know and I was in such good um, playing shape from doing the metal church you know just fucking flying and um when I did this stuff I was really laying back and grooving you know really grooving but I was throwing in a little inappropriate chops especially on the outros of songs I'm always busy making a mess you know um and so i basically it was it was truly a labor of love you know and at that time it was like just me and me and ronnie and um greg chase you know and i was like this is going to be awesome and uh he had, we were talked about hoping carlos was going to do, do do it but when i first did the tracks he, he wasn't sure yet because the, the band didn't exist completely so the record didn't exist um so you know i basically i got the tunes i laid i did all my stuff um 
I got, I got all the songs in like three, three, you know, very short takes because they, they were, they came out of me. You know, I, I really grooved it. I know it sounds corny, but they, they really grooved for me. And uh, I turned in what I thought were strong performances. I'm like, I don't know. What do you think, Ronnie? And he's like, dude, I love it. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and, uh, so it's kind of, that's kind of how it went. And then um, as things progressed, um, Craig Chason was less available and, you know, not sure he was able to travel and stuff. And we all had a, he, he had a common friend, um, Rick Fox, who was also a dear old friend of mine. And he was also a WASP alumni. And it was all these, you know, the little circles just kind of overlapped. And we ended up, uh, we ended up with what I think is a beautiful record and a really cool band. And, and, you know, only good things are happening right now. And we're just starting to receive offers for live shows. So we'll, we'll be doing some of that, you know. Well, that's great. Yeah, because because Ronnie was saying that you're the one who's going to do the booking for the band as far as the live shows. Yeah, I'm bookie book them in, in all my bands. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I I I booked every every show that Metal Church did last year it went through my desk. You know, I I negotiated everyone and I booked every single one. I'm proud to say. I mean, I had the the, the amazing uh, Alex Alex Gilbert at TKO Agency is our agent over there, and we work together. You know, and um, Danny Stanton uh, does Europe for us. Uh, he's, he handles Twisted and a bunch of people. But, uh, you know, I was kind of spearheading the booking part. And that's kind of my thing. So with with um, with Freak Show, yeah, we just people are just starting to ask. I'm like, OK, you know, it's like we're, we're going to get into it now. The year started finally, you know. So I'm excited, you know, and I, I don't really know exactly what's up. But I know given the uh, the pedigree of the band, you know, um, we're only going to we're going to cherry pick and only do cool stuff. You know, because mm. Carlos, Carlos isn't going to be interested in doing any crap, you know, and I'm not necessarily either, but I'm a drummer. We're whores. We do things, you know, we'll play. <laughs> I mean, sometimes someone will go, hey, man, you want to do a gig on February 12th? I'm like, sure. And I'm like, shit, where is it and for how much? You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What I what I just say yes to. Uh, but yeah, we're we're digging the freak show. And they're, and they're, they're, we uh, when we got together to do the the videos, uh, it was it was beautiful. I mean, the brotherhood. It's it's you know, at my age, I only want to work with people that I love. You know what I mean? I mean, I I gotta really like you or love you. You know, so I, I feel that way about the freak show guys for sure, and the metal church guy. You know. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, that metal church album is great. I mean, Mark Lopes is just like damn, like I can sing, dude. I my, that's my I brought Mark into the fold. I, I know I sound like Mr. Mimi I, I here, but I brought Mark in. Uh, Mark's been a friend of mine for many, many years and uh, amazing singer. He's an amazing singer, but he's just the most beautiful human being. I mean, he's he's a he's he's a he's a tough little prick. I love him so much. He's a badass little fucker. But in that heart, it's the sweetest, sweetest boy. You know, he really is a good man. And we've been good friends for a long time. He's talked me off the ledge a couple of times and. I like to think I've given him support when he needs it. And uh, yeah, we're, we're really close. All the guys in metal church, amazing human beings. Every, every freaking one of them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We saw him actually uh, when he was singing with Ross, the boss. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he can kill those man of war songs too. So. <laughs> oh my God. He's a, the kid is, I tell you, and I knew he was going to do a good job, you know, but uh, when we brought him in, and he's my friend so now there, there's a you know no one ever weighed that on me but but he came in and made me so damn proud and as a brother I, I i couldn't ask for anything more that guy that guy's had my back um beyond anything i could even mention 
You know, he's, he's always, I, I love him. He's a good man. So I don't know if that's an endorsement or what the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then let's talk about like, you know, say, say singing in metal church versus, you know, what Ronnie does for Freak Show. I mean, you know, and, and then how about when it comes down to the singing, but, but then the drumming, how do you kind of handle like, you know, the variety, I guess? Well, it's, it's, that's kind of easy to answer. So I don't know how much you know about me, but I came from a band called Run 21 in New England. And we were a three-piece show band. We were, it was like comedy. We, we were, Run 21 was the first um, club band or non-professional act to have the uh, Navy wireless systems back when they first came out. They, they, so the, the band was a show-oriented band. And um, I just spaced on the fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. It's okay. I'm so sorry. So just being able to go between like the like the variety of the oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, vocally, uh, I don't do shit in metal church. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, me the nothing, <laughs> stop the fire, bring down the hammer. You know, but I mean, um, in, in freak show, I'll be doing a whole bunch of the background vocals. I, I, I what I was starting to say, I was in a band called Run Twenty One, and I was a lead singing drummer back in the old days. And I, I apologize for the brain fart. I, I really need to have some breakfast. It's all good. Um, but uh so uh the freak show i'm excited about because it's more grooves it's like groove oriented and a lot of lot of singing which i like metal church is a lot of drumming and a little bit of singing which i like you know what i mean <laughs> wasp was a lot of drumming and a lot of singing you know and uh i mean there was a lot of real singing going on you know the the whole discrepancy with the band about backing tracks that's just padding man Blackie Lawless sings his ass off. You know, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no. I, I see a lot of the shit, and people always ask me, like, I'm not gonna say much because, but I only have good things to say about about those guys. But... So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about the freak show thing. I get to sing, you know, and and uh, and play and lay the grooves heavy. And when you're laying grooves, I can do some of my, all, all my little tricks, you know, like the the flip, the flips and the spins and all the shit. It's metal church. Sometimes you work so hard. Uh, when I, when we first started this tour, I'm like barely getting twirls in and shakes. I'm like, wow, I'm fucking flying, you know. And then I started figuring it out, getting 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 more brave. But yeah, so they're two different animals for sure. Totally, completely different animals. And uh, I like I like them both. But Metal Church is on hiatus, and and Freak Show is a real thing with a for sale sign on it. So promoters beware. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that. You know, I mean, I mean, it is terrible i mean finding out about kurt's back and stuff like that i mean that seems to be going around between like kurt and blackie of course both having their back issues yeah and, and the thing with kurt's uh situation is um you know we're all we're all uh metal church guys we all love each other and and uh it we're, we're pretty good to each other but you know kurt was visibly in pain at some shows and and that that began to bother you know more than just him you know what I'm saying, I mean he killed he was so great when he's on dude me and him have a thing on stage we fucking rock together you know we have a very a very nice connection musically I play off of him he he plays so crisp and precise his riffs are just spotless you know, um, but you know we'd have a we'd have a stool from side stage and you know half half three quarters to do the show I could see him start but he'd just be like ah da 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 oh. And then you have to sit down a little bit, you know. It was kind of like that. And um, when we're talking about we're talking about continuing, we're supposed to start up in March, and and you know it's just like 
we're going to have a, a heavy year. We had a lot of stuff coming up. And he, he was just like, dude, I, you know, no. And honestly, we had all, we had all worked so hard. We worked right up until Christmas last year. And, and we were supposed to start March 20th up in Burlington, Vermont, which I was looking forward to because I have lots of friends up there. But I, I didn't cry either when it, when it didn't happen. I was like, I got so much shit going on and we've been on the tour and I haven't seen my family, you know, like I, like I would like to. And I have this, I have this uh, bar down in Florida here that I'm, that I'm just, you know, I took it over about a year and a half ago, but I never really did what I wanted to do here. So now I'm, I'm here working on it. So the, the universe just guides you in a different, different direction. Sometimes I, you know, the, the metal church canceled and I pivoted. Now I have a few other things going on and, you know, as a drummer, people want me to play drums and I'm just like kind of figure out what I want to do. But um, what's the name of the bar? Uh, Stets bar. <laughs> Stets bar oh, in Fort go. Myers, Florida. Yeah. So it's basically it's a dive bar pub uh, with a, a, a warehouse showroom in the back with a proper stage. And it's better than half the, the dumps metal church plays. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, it's a good it's a good place. And we're right across from this place, uh, the ranch in Fort Myers, which is a 2000 seat um, concert venue. And that's where metal church played when we played here. But uh, so we work together. We, you know, we they're, they're nice to me. You know, they they send after parties over after their shows. Lita Ford played uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we had a big before party here at my bar, and then we went to the show, and then we had a big after party here at my bar, and then you know it's just it's, it's fucking fun, man. You know, and uh, the the place is literally a quarter mile across the street, so it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, we're centrally located. It's it's great. I've been here since like you know I've been in and out of here since like '94 when I played with Blackfoot. I don't know if you follow that, but I played with Ricky Medlock. Yeah. And that was amazing. That was amazing. He's a good man. And I, I fell in love with Florida. And, you know, at the time I was uh, in, living in L.A., but it's like, you know, a few hundred grand in, in, in L.A. gets you a single apartment. A few hundred grand in Florida gets you a, a house with a pool and a dock. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. hmm. So I kind of appreciated those values and uh, made my decision. So I've been I've been between uh, L.A., Florida, and Cape Cod, Massachusetts for the last thirty years. You know. Wow, that's a that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice triangle. So. Yeah, it is. It's Fine. beautiful. And, and when my parents were alive, I would stop in Cape Cod every time I was going back to L.A. to break up the trip and see them. And the same, you know. But they're all gone now. I'm the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the golden tea behind you. That'll. Yeah, golden tea behind you. That'll get me through the door. I can see that. Let me tell you something. All right, can you see the Iron Maiden video game? Uh, in the back oh, corner. Yeah. Is oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. And that's my buddy David that's Moore, cool. one of the most amazing drummers you could ever meet in your life. Awesome. We're, we're buddies hanging out. Yeah, so the golden tea, we just got the golden tea, and I'm totally stoked. You know, it's like, that's what I mean, shit like that. It's like, I've been wanting to get a golden tea, but I got to be here to order it, get it here, and and, and yeah, we're we're excited. He looked how happy he is. No, the bar's <laughs> not open yet. <laughs> That's the best yeah. time, right there. <laughs> now, is is there ever like uh, when it comes down to like you know being in metal church and of course being in free show and doing the other projects? Is there ever any issues with those kind of things, or or is that kind of like just accepted? Uh, it's no, it's accepted. It's accepted because nobody. Okay, in order for metal church to keep the value up we can't overexpose and we can't accept low offers and it has to be handled meticulously. You establish yourself a bar and you got to stay above the bar. You can't stay above that bar and be booked every week too. That's not how it works. So we, we cherry pick and, and, and no one really wants to be on, on long tours or any of that anymore. We like what metal church likes to do is like 10 day runs. You know, we like to do short runs. 
Um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of the that's kind of where we're at these days. Yeah, that, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, is it is it difficult then to to book like Metal Church? Obviously, would be one thing because I mean everybody's heard of Metal Church in that in that regard. Like, I mean, is it difficult then to book a band like Freak Show? Well, it's Metal Church is okay. Metal Church is an easy book. I mean, it really is. People want the band. The band hadn't been around in a while. We recovered from the tragedy of Mike Howe and with dignity. Um, so. Freak Show, uh, I've been waiting to get offers and they're just starting to come in now. So now we build off those. Right? We still haven't negotiated our first live show offer, to be honest with you. I'm just about to do that like in the next few days. And then the bar will be set and I'll know what we're really worth like in America and whatnot. And we're not even talking about Europe yet because we don't, uh, we're going to play a few American shows first and, and get, get the ball rolling and figure out, you know, uh, what we are. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all about waiting for the offers. And if I go calling around begging for gigs, that's a different value. You know what I mean? So people are reaching out to me now and uh, we're putting up a game plan together. And again, with a guy like Carlos in the band, the guy, the guy's a superstar. And so we want to, I don't want to, we're only going to bring good things across his desk. You know what I mean? I, I'm only going to bring things that I think he'll want to do. I don't want to talk him into any dumb shit, you know? Mm -hmm. But any of the places I'm talking to are like just top top venues, you know, the House of Blues type venues and stuff. And we'll probably be smart and be on bills with people and all that. You know what I mean? We're not going to be brave and go rent the hall and see how many people don't show up. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're we're a little smart for that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. To, 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 I think that the reaction will be great. Uh, the band, the songs are great. And, you know, we're talking about do we do a couple of Quiet Riot songs? Do we do a couple of songs? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, we, we have a, a new album, that the, the entire album's 33 minutes or whatever it is, you know, so if we do a headlining show, what do we do for the other half hour? You know, I mean, we got to play at least an hour, 75 minutes, you know. So uh, those, these are questions that we're bouncing around right now. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind banging out a couple of Quiet Riot songs and a couple of Boff songs or whatever anyone wants to do, you know. We certainly all have the rights to them, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you you followed Frankie Benali a little bit in Wasp, but now you've kind of followed Frankie in, in Freak Show, you know. We, we had the most, when I lived in L.A., he and I had the probably the biggest crossover of circles in for studio work of, of any two drummers in town, I swear to God. And uh, I've got to say, always, and I'm not just saying this because he's gone, always me and him were cool, like, you know. And there were times where, you know, on some of the Wasp records where Blackie, you know, there'd be, there'd be discrepancies in crediting and stuff like that. Um, I guess, you know, um, but me and him and they were never affected. We never said a foul word about, uh, against each other. And we we're all, every time I ever saw them, drummers are bros. When you see each other, you hug up and you laugh and you do shots and whatever, smoke <laughs> weed, whatever the fuck you do, you know? Um, yeah, he was, he was a wonderful man. But yeah, I, I, we had a lot of, we had a, our circles really crossed, didn't, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's it's so fascinating because because I mean for me like the Crimson Idol and Still Not Black Enough and those kind of albums are, I mean I mean I love active drumming like I love it where yeah, where yeah. the drum feels like it's actually almost a lead instrument in and of itself, and well, I, that's what I loved about those albums and love about you know you and Frankie and that kind of thing. Well, the thing is, for Frankie wasn't unlike me in the sense that. When I'm when I'm writing my drum parts, 
my syncopation is triggered by guitar riffs sometimes. And sometimes the vocal syncopation um, leads me to play drum parts. It's kind of weird. If you listen to like Damned If You Do, me and Mike had some interactions, you know, with, lyric, with his lyrics and my drum syncopation. Very much so on Congregation of Annihilation. Me and Mark have a very strong rhythmic connection you know what i mean so I, I i feed off the vocal syncopation sometimes i feed off the guitar and then of course i play with the bass like i'm supposed to but i also do all that other weird shit which is where that type of drumming comes from and that's kind of what keith moon was all about he was inspired he was getting his syncopation from the not the obvious places which are like the bass player or the rhythm forms you know uh so yeah i i i, I tell you frankie Come on, feel a noise. I mean, say, do that, do that, do that, do that. There you go. You know what I mean? It's like, the guy's a genius. I mean, he said more with no, with like hardly any freaking notes. I've been, I've been writing drum intros my whole career, waiting for my one, come on, feel a noise. <laughs> I'm still waiting, you know, but I got a bunch of good ones, but that's it. The guy's a genius. And AJ Perilwood, we're not going to take it. You know what I mean? Those guys, all my bros, that's the thing. It's like, shit. The guys that were my bros that I think were great, I'm like, a lot of them are like gone, you know? And I'm like, shit, I'm still here. And I'm still in cool bands and, and I feel good. And I'm married to a gorgeous young wife. I don't know what the hell she's thinking, you know? But, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm thankful I'm here talking to you guys about good things, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. I... Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Brett. Well, I was going to say, especially after the cancer, I mean, like, I'm so glad that uh, that you're here, you know, to talk to us as I well. Know. Yeah, I mean, and I wouldn't be if it wasn't for Heidi Howland, my wife. She uh, she pushed for, I fell sick at the end of a metal church run. I thought I had the flu. I, I got my house in Cape Cod. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the house for a week and sleep it off, drink some NyQuil. Had, I, had she just let me do that, I would have died and bled out for reasons. Uh, she... Had her senses kicked in and she said, I'll tell you what, here's the new deal. If I don't see, if you don't send me a picture from the emergency room in the next two hours, I'm calling an ambulance on your ass and embarrass you. And I'm like, you little shit. So I went to the hospital and they're like, oh yeah, uh, you got Lyme disease. And they sent me home. And then she looked at the blood work online because she used to be a nurse and she's like, uh, no. And then she got me admitted to another hospital and they said, yeah, there's something wrong. And then we went to another hospital and they said, yeah, you got cancer. Then they put me to another one. They said, yeah, you got Burkitt's lymphoma stage three. You got like three weeks to live. And I was like, shit. I always wondered how I was going to die. But she had pushed for the diagnosis. Had she not, I wouldn't be here. And she was essential in my recovery. And, you know, amazing woman. I'm a lucky guy. Oh, that that is are, a hell of a story. That's <laughs> a hell of a story. That's because I yeah, mean, we're, it's we're, just unbelievable to me they can get the diagnosis that wrong. It's just amazing. Dude, and you know, line, you know, when when they told me I was going to, they go, you know, you should get your affairs in order. You know, you got a very aggressive cancer. And they, and if we don't figure out what it is, and even if we do, there's a good chance you won't be around in a few weeks. And I was like, huh. I always wondered how I was going to die. And I swear, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to be gone forever. I was just like, huh, this is fucked up. And I and I looked up, I go, I guess that's a lot, that ceiling's the last thing I'm going to see. And I was just like, this is weird. And then the, those are the weirdest three or four days of my life. All sorts of weird shit started happening around me. And then uh, the, the, the president of the hospital comes in my room and he goes, Stead Howland. I'm like, shit, because they've been calling me William the whole time. And, and so he must have Googled me or something. He goes, Doc, how you doing? You know my name? He goes, yep, Stead Howland. And I got some good news for you. 
I'm going to save Stat Howland. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, man, we figured out what you got. You got Burkitt lymphoma. It will kill you in a matter of weeks untreated. But, but we have an 80, 85% cure rate. The, uh, he said that the treatment's miserable and it'll, and it'll you know, nearly kill me, which it did three times. But we think we can save you. And I was like, let's start. And they put me on like a 37-hour bag of chemo. I'll never forget. Oh. They plugged me up to this shit that looked like, you know, something that should go in a car. It was like red and also methotrexate or whatever. And they just started pumping me. And I saw the thing said 37 hours on it. I was like, what? They go, yeah, man, you're getting a big drip. And it changed everything. As, as miserable as it felt, it did start killing the cancer, but it also started killing me a little bit. So I went downhill, downhill, bottomed out. The cancer was uh, seemed to be scared away. And then I recovered. It was a process. It took some years. But it was it was wild. And I went on at 70,000 tons of metal with Metal Church. Uh, two weeks after my last chemo treatment and I was bald and skinny and yellow and gray. And, and I got on that, uh, it was a 70,000 tons and I got on the, the, the boat and I'm all, you know, fine, went to my room and I put my shit in the room and I go downstairs and I start walking around and I'm walking along and I, I started recognizing fans, you know, from all over the world. And I'm going, Oh, those are the Sebastians. They're both chefs from Germany. And you know, this guy over here and that guy, I know I, I knew a dozen of them by name, you know, and no one recognized me. Not a fucking soul knew who I was. And I'm walking around like, you know, the ghost of Christmas past, just looking around going, what the fuck? It was crazy. It was crazy. And then, I mean, I knew they all knew me because I knew all them, you know? And I was just like, this is weird. And then the second night we played a show in the theater and my bald, you know, Uncle Fester looking ass, everybody goes, who's that drummer? You know, they go, that's steady. I go, no, it's not. It's like, yeah, it is. It's fucking sick. And then after that, it was free drinks for the whole rest of the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that's the best way to get free drinks, but you know, or maybe not the best. Yeah, way to get free it, it was it was a it was a really good time, and that was where I I uh, I found this band Evergrey that I never knew about, and I was like, holy shit, dude! Guy, I don't know if you know who Evergrey is. I've heard really of them. Yeah, great, dude. There. And I, I hadn't heard of them. I just they they captured me. I would just happen to be on the pool deck, and they were playing. I went boom, 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 whoa! And they were like, they were really good. So I'm a fan of theirs. I think they know it. I don't think they care. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because I was doing the research, you know, on you and reading some old interviews and and in Wikipedia, and you know, and it lists your inspirations, and it's like. You know, a couple of jazz drummers and Buddy Rich and Gene Cooper and, and it says Animal from the Muppets and uh, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Hulk Hogan. and Sam yeah. I'm just like, this is a guy I can hang with right away. I just knew it. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm quite immature in that in that sense. And uh, I was actually friends with Sam Kinison. Um, he was he was awesome. We had mm. we we had lots of fun together. And uh, I'm a huge Hulk Hogan fan. And when I was in Blackfoot, I got to meet him. And you know, I've been waiting to meet him and waiting to meet him and waiting to meet him. And then Ricky Medlock goes, hey, Stetson, this is, meet how, meet, meet Terry or whatever. And, and I'm like, hi. <laughs> that was it. I fucking, I, I don't know what to say. But I'm never like that. I didn't know, but I, I, I know, hi. Look at my feet. But he was really nice to me. And then, uh, what was it? Brutus the Barber Beefcake was there too. And I'll never forget this. I, uh, when I was in Blackfoot, this one I, I invented by, I don't know if you know, but I do a, a drum solo, but I do a beer bottle, a section of beer bottle drum solo. And, uh, and 
and I invented it in Blackfoot, you know, and, and it was pretty new. And the Brutus of Barber never seen it. And uh, I did it. And I was down up in Tampa. And there was a big tower. Down, 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 down. Boom. And I held the balls up. And all of a sudden, I got picked up in the air. He ran up on my drum rise and picked me up. And, oh, my God, that was fucking awesome. And I was like, my little legs are going like this. Ah! It was great. It was great, man. Yeah. No, I'll never forget that. And, and it was just great to meet Hulk Hogan. And I was like, like me and Clint Eastwood and going, hi. Like, dude, you're waiting your whole fucking life. You have nothing to say to this guy? Stupid. I did the same thing when I read Bret Hart, so I just quit. Nice, uh, you know. Yeah, it's weird. Sometimes same you're thing. speechless. It's weird, but, and I'm a talker, as you probably already noticed. But it's fucking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good oh, well, one. I'll never, I'll never forget it. What was the um, kind of? Did you audition for Wasp, or how did you get that job? What kind of the, the oh, story? Wasp there? was okay. So when I first went to uh, L.A. Chris Impalitary, uh, Chris Impalitary was a friend of mine from Connecticut. He, he moved to LA to make his way, um, did a great, great job, got, got the Impalitary band going, and he did the stand in line record, and Pat Torpy played drums, a, a, the dear friend, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, Pat, Pat had done the Impalitary record, and right, right about before they shot the videos, um, he started Mr. Big. You know, he, he left in military to start Mr. Big with, with, the, with the guys. And um, Chris needed a drummer. And he, and he left me a lot. He left me a phone message. He goes, hey, Stat, man, you know, you're my favorite drummer. I want you to come to L.A. and be in my band. Huh? But get back to me right away or I'm going to call Robbie Rondinelli. And I was like, I, I called him back. I go, fuck that guy. You know, it's like, I'll be there. You know, it's like, I, I love Robbie, you know. But I was like, you know. Uh, and he, he sent me a plane ticket. And I got out and I, and I, and that was the beginning of, uh, that was the beginning of my, my career in LA. And then, uh, once we, we did the, we did the stand in line video and I started, uh, recording for a new Impelitary. We started demoing. We were using a, a producer, Mikey Davis. He's a pretty famous, uh, um, producer, uh, engineer and producer engineer. And, uh, I was working with Mikey and working with Mikey and he started getting me side sessions, you know, all around town. And I started turning into a studio drummer. And um, he was using me for everything. And that was, that was when me and, me and Frankie started crossing paths a little bit, you know. And um, all of a sudden, one day he calls me up and goes, hey, man, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm going, I don't know. What am I doing tomorrow? He's like, uh, you want to make a lot of money from playing on the record? I'm like, absolutely. And he goes, all right, be at this address at 2 o'clock and uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. I hang up. All right. I wonder who the artist is. I call him back. I go, hey, man, who's the artist? He's like, Wasp. I'm like, fuck, I love Wasp. It's like, I'll be there. And I, and I went to the Blackie studio the next day and I'm expecting to walk in and see this guy with a bunch of tattoos and, you know, like Jack Daniels and cocaine all over everywhere. And I walk in and this clean cut dude sitting there in, in basketball shorts and sneakers, not a tattoo, wide eyed, butchy toe, looking me right in the eye. And, and he's like, how you doing? I'm, I'm Blackie. And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, man. And we had the most incredibly intelligent conversation and he was the kindest soul. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This isn't the guy I see, you know, I see. And um, basically he was like, Hey, I'm doing this concept record, you know, Frankie's mom, Frankie's mom passed. And I knew about that. Uh, Cause he, and he just didn't want to play drums anymore. I didn't either with my mom. I didn't pick up drumsticks for a year with my mom, but, but uh, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, we're doing a concept record and the drumming is in the vein of Keith Moon. And I'm like, okay, that's up my alley. And he played me, you know, you know the, the album was only about half done, you know, 
And uh, he played me some of the stuff that Frank was doing. And um, he says, do you think you can do that? And the young me was like, I think I can blow that out of the fucking water. And he's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know? and, I'm not, and I'm not saying I did, and I'm not disrespecting Frank, but as a young 28-year-old me, 30-year-old me was like, yeah, I'll, I'll whoop anybody's ass in fucking town on a drum set right now. You know what I mean? Fuck, you know, fuck this place. And, uh, and I went in, and the first thing I recorded was The Great Misconception to Me, which was the last song on the record. And it was a fucking monster. It was a, it was a monster of a song. And then we went back and we, 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 pat, we, we patched up Chainsaw Charlie, like chainsaws, uh, you know. And, then, and then, then I started going back and redoing, like, all, not everything, but a lot of stuff. The first thing I did was redid did the things that weren't done. Then I went back and patched up things that needed to be, um, you know, just fixed because it was a very live performance and not all of it was perfect all the time. And it was taped. It wasn't, it wasn't um, digital. So you do more punching than editing. You know what I mean? You had to really like figure out a way to get in and out. Sometimes we'd fix just a kick drum or, you know, or we'd add a cymbal crash, you know? So some of, some of the stuff I'd have to really go through it is uh, like, bastard children of me and frankie which for me is kind of cool especially now you know mm -hmm. um it was, it was yeah, a pretty I, divisive I, I, I album the, oh put, no, no i was just saying say the crimson idol is a pretty divisive album at the time it came out now i think it's largely considered a, a classic by so yeah, many yeah. people did you kind of know right away was like okay when you're hearing this you're like i'm getting to get a chance to play on this this is going to be something something special yeah i could tell i mean I thought so. Uh, when I heard Hold On to My Heart, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, what an amazing song. And the idol is like, you know, it's it's the Wasp version of Comfortably Numb. You know what I mean? It's just and the solo, Bob Kulik, who was a dear friend of mine, um, his solo on, on, on the idol was legendary as far as, you know, in my opinion. I mean, all his work. All the work on that album was incredible. You know, a lot of, one thing people don't know, uh, Doug Aldridge did a little work on that record as well. And, he, and I believe he's uncredited. Um, but uh, it was a lot, you know, and I, and I do also believe that Blackie did his very best to credit everybody as accurately as possible. But it was such a, you know, it was such a, a brick wall, you know what I mean? And it wasn't built from the ground up. It was built with holes down here and pretty sure, you know, it was really, it was an intricate process. And we, I remember we spent like, by the time the record was done with two videos in the, in, in, in our hands, it was like 2.75 million. We we're almost 3 million in the hole. And then we went out and toured it and worked the record and we paid that fucking money back to Sanctuary. I remember, I remember this type of stuff, you know, I don't know how many people know all this part, but I was, I, I was very involved in the wasp business almost from inception. Um, cause I was interested in it, you know, and it was, uh, kind of my thing, you know? And Blackie's, he's smart as hell. The guy's, a, he, he taught me things that I still use in, you know, in business practices. He's, he's well, yeah. 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 And, it, and it's so interesting, right? Because the more people that we talk to that have been in Wasp, like I ran into Mike Duda late last year. And, and I mean, he's a great guy. And, and, One and of my yeah, best I mean, that's, that's what he was saying. I mean, he was just saying, like, you can't wait for Blackie just to get healthy so that they can get back out there. And I mean, yeah. he loves the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I love him too. Yeah, I mean, we've been actually talking a lot. Let me just say this. When I was sick with cancer, Blackie was reaching out to me every few days for a lot, man. And he was, you know, he's, the other thing is, it's funny how 
more religious you get when you're laying in a bed dying of cancer. You know what I mean? And uh, but he was he was serious about that. He's like, we just prayed for you for three straight days. There was a point where I was getting a, a test to see if the cancer was in my spinal fluids because that would have been a, a big deal. And he's like, it's not, man. It's like we just prayed for you. I know it's not. You're fine. I'm like, I love you and thank you, man. And by God, he was right. You know. So he he really he uh, he's been a good friend. You know. I mean, we always get along really good. We had like three we had like three blowouts in 16 years, and two of the three of them were all my fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like we, that means we had like one justified, you know, you know, where, where maybe he was a dick, but for the most part, you know, he's, me and him were good. What kind of stamina does it take to like be a drummer, especially you like to play 90 minutes, two hours. I mean, we see these bands, I mean, like Guns N' Roses now that play three hour shows. I mean, like what kind of stamina does that take? Um, I, uh, this last tour, I would get ready for all the, me- the metal church stuff that we just played was a lot of classic stuff and it was pretty fast moving and brutal. So I couldn't come in cold or, or, you know, unwarmed up. I had to, I trained, I'd probably come in a week or 10 days early before each run and just, you know, torture myself on my big drum set, you know, cause it, cause I, it, my big drum set is over a 180 span, so I got I got a floor tom way over here, you know what I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> I got I got to get loose with it, you know. But I'm lucky because I have a a where I have my own where uh, you know venue, so I have a a nice stage and I, my stuff's up on a riser. I got honestly, my production here is is it's better than half the venues in America. To be dead honest with you, it's it's really good. So I I'm a little spoiled. I get to go up there, turn on lights, and pretend I'm at a gig and get myself in in real shape. And this is where Metal Church rehearses as well. Everybody comes into my place in Florida. We run the show in my on my stage, and then we uh, jump in my bus and, and and trailer, and we go. Yeah. We go sell t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how people make money nowadays, isn't it? Off mm-hmm. the merch. Well, yeah. I mean, in our case, we're especially in America. Metal Church has never been bigger in America. We're we're we. we where we are right now in America is the biggest the band's been in 40 years ever. Um, we make good money in America, you know, and, and the T the t-shirts uh, sales are, you know, we, we sell shirts, CDs, vinyl, hats, Frisbees. Um, we have posters, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're merchant. We do free meet and greets after show, but it's like kind of, kind of a cattle call one. And then we were just about on this next run in March, we we're going to, for the first time in metal church history, going to offer the paid meet and greet so it'll be you could you could buy the boutique experience for the sound check and you know to be limited to 15 or 20 people and have the time and stuff but we were still going to do the freebie after show we we're just going to offer the boutique experience and unfortunately kurt's back was was not because he needed he needs he need to take care of himself and we all care more about you know each other as people than we do about hammering the fucking band over and over and while our bros in pain so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in, in essence, essentially we're good guys, but of course we're all a little bummed that we aren't going to be on the road, you know? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you, you work so hard on the album and, and on everything. Yeah. I mean, you, like you never want to see it go go away like this. No, but, we, you know, it was a little seinfeld though, because we kind of like, we just had, we had unprecedented everything, the top 20 record. I mean, the band's never had that either, you know? Um, the Damned If You Do broke the top 40. This one broke top twenty in six countries. You know, mm-hmm. and we didn't even get to all go. We didn't even get to go to all six countries and milk it. 
<laughs> that's my thing. It's like we charted. We need to go play that fucking country to death till they, you know, till we, till no one shows up. You know? <laughs> we didn't. We didn't have that opportunity. We we did a, a lot of amazing stuff. Amazing, amazing stuff. And um, of course, you know, my buddies are all. At, uh, I'm I'm in Florida uh, doing inspection stuff uh, with my bar here. About my my band and my wife and everybody was at Nam working and networking and doing all that shit and you know just just staying on top of the business and I like just checked out. It's like as soon as I got home from Australia, I'm like fuck the business for a minute. I'm taking a break. And now everybody's reaching out. And of course, once the Metal Church um, announcement went out, you know my 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 email lit up with you know interview stuff and and gig offers and and you know stuff. So which is cool. And I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of like trying to figure out what's the best move for, you know, me and my family right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm the, I'm probably the least, I'm probably the least worried about the fact that I'm not jumping on the road in March, you know, I love yeah. it, but I got, I got plenty to do, plenty to do. What, what's the back when line? Get, uh, when you do get to those countries, it's going to be that much bigger when you get there. Cause people had to wait, trust me. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. And, and the good thing about this band is when we finally go to places, we deliver. I mean, the band kicks ass live, and the band is all nice guys. We always treat everybody, venue owner, the guy, the last guy sweeping up the shit at the end. It don't matter who you are, y'all get a handshake and a hug, and that's like that goes a long way. It really does, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. Which is not necessarily the wasp way, but, <laughs> you know. But uh, and it's not every band's way. A lot of bands have different ways they carry themselves. It's just this band is, is really. You know, Mike Howe was a big, very Zen guy. You know what I mean? And uh, we used to have a, a good energy around us, and uh, we're trying to perpetuate that still. You know, treat people good. And on the last uh, this year, my wife was our tour manager, and she, she just they everybody just loved her. She she it was flawless, as good as they've ever had. And uh, you know, we left people very happy. You know, that's all I can say. But yeah. that's that's our intent going forward. I don't I don't know when we're gonna play again. Uh, but I, I, I assume it'll be next year. You know, um, it's up to Kurt and, and how he feels. You know, he's uh, he's the founding member of the band, and you know, when when it was even brought up to consider uh, uh, a sub for him, I I, I personally I don't. Uh, it ain't metal church without him to me. You know, and I've had the band on tour with Wasp without him in it, but I didn't know I wasn't in a band yet. But having played with him, he's very very essential to the feel of the band for me you know so mm-hmm. we'll, you'll see metal church when he says you'll see metal church you know I mean? <laughs> yeah well and, the, and that's probably the way it should be anyways you know one of the things that i'm interested in is like when you're going out on these shows like especially as a drummer like in the back line for for a lot of the the like places that you go are you playing on the drum kits that they provide for you or are you bringing your own in america we bring our own uh because it makes in America, um, I got a, I tow a trailer on the bus and, uh, like a lot of bands and we bring all our own stuff. Um, everywhere else, uh, we, 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 I, I do backline, they backline us, you know, the festivals in Europe, they backline us. And, uh, and a lot of the backline companies find it a challenge to build my kit. I don't know if you're familiar, but my drum set has the, the bass drums on the outside of the riser with the drive shaft pedals into the middle. So the front, the toms are low and it's kind of a cool setup. It's very unique. And, um, now, when I go to Europe, the backline company's like, you must see what we've done. Like, what did you do? <laughs> it's like, we made your drum set. It's like, fuck, you guys are awesome. Yeah, they, uh, it, it's pretty good. Now, when I was just in Australia, I loved them to death. 
However, they, they met my drum expectations perfectly with DW. I, every, every piece that I wanted. But, every, you know, we fly to a new city every day. And every day, all the shit would load in. And, like, the drum rack didn't even have feet on it and wasn't even put together. So every single, the rack had to be assembled. And then every single clamp had to go on. And every single, you know, arm would have to come out of a case and be opened up and put in. It was fucking an hour, hour and a half every day setting that shit up. And I'd have, like, two guys helping me. And I was like, God damn it. So it can be a little cumbersome, you know. Um, but... Yeah, and and the guys now they just need cabinets because they bring their Kemper units, the guitar players, you know. And Steve, our bass player, just plays anything. He's he's, he's not there to play anyway. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how do how do you develop that kind of unique setup? Like, what's what's kind of the process that goes well, into that that gets you there? My setup. Yeah. Um, yeah, my setup was designed. I, I touched on years ago. I was a lead singing drummer in this band, Run Twenty One. So I. I was originally going to have four bass drums. And what happened was the pedal, the extension pedals came in. And I want to set them up and see how they felt, you know? So I set them up. I sat down. I played them. I go, gosh, they feel really good. And then I go, oh, I, can, I lowered my toms like really flat. So they were just a little higher than the snare. And then I raised my cymbals like really high. So there's this big space. So because I was a lead singer. So I, you could hit me with a false spot. And it looked like I was just a singer. You know what I mean? It was, it was kind of unique. And I did that for many, many years. And then when I went to L.A., the Impelitary gig was busy drumming. So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I, I'll, I'll stay with that setup because you can see what I'm doing. And then when I did the Wasp thing and doing that moon type of shit, I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You can see everything I'm doing. And I'm doing a bunch of shit. And then I just stayed with it. It became a signature. And then by the time I played with Lita Ford, you know, like people didn't even know yet that I was playing with Lita. But we go go to a show and my drum set would be up on the stage and going, I think it's that pointy face goon stat, man. I think that's his drum set. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. They used to call me that. And uh, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, it kind of became a signature. It kind of became known. So I just, I kind of just uh, stayed with it, you know. And now when I, when I fly, do fly shows, I, I bring the pedals with me in my luggage and stuff, you know, and a couple little clamps to make shit work. And, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting. But it was, yeah, it was all based around me being a lead singing drummer. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, you've probably learned the the error, the the places that people are most likely to make the mistakes, and and then like uh, bring stuff to kind of you know compensate for those. Oh, oh, god, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and also, I'm the guy that does books the shows, so we, you know, I oversee the advancing. Mm-hmm. You know, like our 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 front of house guy will advance the technical end, and my wife will advance the the hospitality end. So I'm over, I'm looking at both. You know, I get to see what's going on. So on the technical end, if there's any problems. I bitch him more like a little bitch, and he and he tells them, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's not that. They're they're usually quite. It's usually good, you know. And I'm I've been with DW since '95. You know, they're like the best drum company in the world, and they treat me like you know, they treat me like an A artist. They they give me everything I want, and treat me really good, and I love them so much, you know. So everywhere I go, these amazing drum sets are waiting there for me. You know, it's just like I got when I got to Australia and they had the exact drum set that I wanted. I was like, oh shit. Any nicer finishes than I even seen, you know, I'm like, black's fine. I'm like, no, oh, we're going to give you the black sparkle with gold drops in it. You know, it's like <laughs> really good. Is is your wife going to handle like a uh, tour managing for, um, for freak show when you go? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm exactly sure. I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll ask her. She's, she's pretty slick. She's got a lot of her own stuff going on. 
um, but she sure is great at it. You know, I mean, I'll ask her, you know, I, uh, she's in Vegas right now. She's working. She just, she just did Nam. She worked at the Rockstar Guitars. Lisa Johnson's a famous uh, photographer, and she did this Rockstar 108 Guitars uh, coffee table book. It was amazing. She had a booth there, and it was right by Ellison Coffee. Mm. And Dave Ellison was a pastor at our wedding. I don't know if you know how familiar you are, but yeah. Dave Ellison's the one that married me and my wife. Oh, which is awesome. I mean, David's Chris, such a great guy. Like, I, that guy is one of my bro, my dear friends. We're actually ta- threatening. There, there's a couple of business endeavors we're threatening to, to, to team up uh, with. Um, I'll, I'll talk, I won't do me any good to talk about it now, but we're we're we got we're scheming again. I actually got Dave into real estate investing years ago. I'm the one that got him into it, according to him. I didn't know that, <laughs> but he's a great guy. We were in temporal the Temple of Brutality together in uh, 07, I think it was. it was. It was a cool time. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I mean, when you talk about all the all the kind of like one-off bands that you wind up being in, is that just part of like uh, that whole like, I'm a drummer looking for work? <laughs> no, uh, it's just like uh, I people reach out and they want to do stuff. And I, uh, you know, I... It, it, I try and do all I can, you know, I try all the good stuff that comes across, all the good offers that, that come to me, I try and do, you know, um, they are not all as awesome as Freak Show, um, but all the stuff I do, it, it's kind of cool. I, um, yeah, I got, I got one brewing right now with, uh, with me and Mark. I'm not going to say a lot, but it's, it'll be me and Mark and Steve from Metal Church. And and a, and a guitar player buddy of, of ours that's awesome that I've worked with before. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, and it, it's just a, it's just a, it's a you know we're sitting around minding our business and and some cool label says, hey man, you know what, what are you guys doing? It's like I don't know. And uh, and so the guitar player gentleman just kind of sparked some interest, and we said, all right, let's demo a song. <laughs> demoed a song and it's a fucking monster and uh so that's something we can talk about next time let's have a next time oh yes oh, yes 100 <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah i mean you know i i uh there was there was so many there's so many uh better things ahead for metal church you know if, if we want them to be there but uh you know i think we had it pretty good uh, everybody everybody did a really good job you know um the records have done well, you know, Rat Pack's done a good job with the band. Um, you know, it's like hard to complain really. I do, but it's hard to. <laughs> well, Stet, I mean, it has been awesome to talk to you and, and absolutely we are going to do another one of these because, uh, because I mean, we absolutely love your music and, uh, and do want to hear more. And, and I know for a fact, like when you get that freak show, um, show set up, I want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Where are you guys located? Uh, we're in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Okay. So yeah, I, man, I know we, we you, had... you're not coming here, but <laughs> not yet. Well, you know, you know, I don't know. Ronnie's from up there. You know, we we might end up doing. You know, it, it all depends where the interest comes from. You know, it's it's like again with a band like Freak Show, we we 
I wait for the offers. I'm not going to chase people around. It's like little kids. You want to be, you want to be popular with the little kids, sit down in the middle of them. They'll frig decide who, and they'll eventually come to you. You go chase them around and just going to run the whole fucking time, you know? So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just, we're just taking uh, sitting back and waiting for the offers to come in and, and um, it's starting. And um, I'm just getting back to business now, you know, actually I feel, I, again, I apologize yesterday. I was still running around. We're, we're trying to pass in the inspections here at the bar. Um, we're getting a new liquor license and the building was built in 47 or something. Wow. And, and the last time inspectors came through was like 87. And I mean, you can see, look, there's the, the fucking, I don't know what that is. There's all sorts of shit. That isn't a problem, but I mean, that's nothing. There's shit going on everywhere on this fucking place. So we're just, uh, we're just going through all the problems and, you know, the fire inspectors come and go, Oh, that's awesome. Except now you need a lit exit sign there and a lit exit sign there. And I'm like, what the fuck? You didn't tell me that last time. They're not here, are they? <laughs> no good uh shit uh so <laughs> i mean horrible i'm standing right here asshole um so yeah i was distracted yesterday man i've and it's the first time i missed an interview i i think in my whole career and i and uh but it was well worth uh i really appre appreciate you guys today well well we're so happy to talk to you and honestly i mean i'm glad we were able to get it uh get it set up so uh so please yeah me um, too man Tell everybody how they can keep up with you, how they can keep up with Metal Church, how they can keep up with Freak Show and everything. Yeah, and listen, as things progress, if we come anywhere near you, do not be afraid. You guys are VIP'd up. We'll, we'll have, a, have a good time. Oh, I'll come down. I mean, I don't care. Like, you play Vegas, you play L.A., I'm there. All right. Yeah, well, anytime, wherever we play, you get, I'm the guy to get in touch with. Get in touch okay. with me, and I'll, I'll make sure you guys are taken care of, sir. All right. Well, yeah. Well, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Do you have social medias? Uh, uh, tell tell the fans about those. Yeah. Shit. Do. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. Stead Howland. That's what I got right now. All right. That? Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Google me. Have a good time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, I just I I'm so bad at it. I just hired a social media company because they're like, your shit's all fucked up. You should have like this and that. I'm like, oh, well, fix me then. You know. So they're handling my bar. They're getting me straightened out. They're handling a couple of my bands, and you know, I'm, I'm just starting to take it serious. Because quite frankly, things were going just fucking fine. So now if, if that's going to make it better, so be it. Yep. Better, better here we come. Absolutely. Well, Stet, it was a pleasure and uh, and Thank love you, the music. Um, I mean, you know, the certainly the Freak Show album is amazing and the Metal Church album is amazing. So, I mean, you're doing Thank you're you. still doing the great work and that's what we appreciate. I appreciate so. that, man. Jack, trying to keep the quality going, man. Trying to keep the quality over quality over quantity. For sure. <laughs> Well, Thank good luck. With I just thought I just had a thought. You, you're since you're the booker. I just had a thought. You, you could book Freak Show to open for Metal Church and play the whole damn thing. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's unlikely. That's unlikely. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would, I would book the both bands on the same festival, but I wouldn't do a show, you know, because mm -hmm. I'd be all burnt out. Yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> but but two different stages at a festival where you're only playing forty five in an hour. Yeah, sure, but two headlining shows. Maybe. <laughs> have to look at the offer. Yeah, just work work those arms up. <laughs> awesome. You guys are awesome, man. Thank you, sir, and uh, and we will talk to you again. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right, all right. Bye for now. Later.